And indeed, we will be back to music very, very soon. But uh, right now, Wednesdays come around very quickly, as does this segment, and we look forward to it every Wednesday. Uh, Dr. Andrew Corbett joins us now with uh, the regular Wednesday morning discussion. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Cameron. Great to be with you. We're going to be dealing with a topic that everyone will probably want to take note of because we've all been put in a situation where we've had to think on our feet. And for most of us, we come away from those situations going, oh, I wish I'd said it this way or I wish I'd said that instead or (laughs) I wish I hadn't said that. And having had my fair share of those moments, then I I think there's, there's some things you can definitely learn from this and you can also get ready for those moments as strange as it sounds because throughout life you will have to think on your feet i want to give some advice that i've gleaned over the years because i more often than not put in this situation cameron lately i've been invited into situations where it's uh, uh often I'll, I'll get invited to speak on something Quite recently, the the last few speaking engagements, they've they've said, "Look, I've heard that you do this Q and A thing. How about you do that as well?" So, which means you walk into a room, you don't know who's going to be there, you don't know what questions they're going to ask, and you have to give an answer straight away without any notes or anything like that. So I've been doing that, did that across America, did that uh, in various states of Australia last year, and. This is one of the things, and so you begin to to learn how to think on your feet, and uh, there there are definitely some some things you can learn. But more often than not, most of us will be put in a situation where you have to think on your feet, not in yep. front of a, a a hall or a, a, a an auditorium full of you know several hundred people. You're probably going to be confronted where. You're dealing with one or two people, maybe one person, who puts you on the spot and you've got to th- quickly think on your feet. Yeah. And I, I want to address this and give five really good tips uh, to, to be able to think better on your feet. Now, as we get going, I'm just going to put something on Facebook now on our YFM Facebook and you'll see we're going to give away what I would consider to be an emotional toolkit. It's a, it's really a first aid kit for emotions. And it's called I Have a Friend Who Struggles. And it's taking four of the greatest, most common struggles that people have. Loneliness, depression, lack of motivation, deep questions about life. And it addresses these from the perspective of how you can help someone who's battling with these issues. So if you know someone who's battling with depression, if you know someone who's battling with loneliness or a lack of motivation, or they're they're really asking some deep questions that are are weighing them down, they're struggling with these things, this is a four-CD audio set. This is one of Lagana Media's most popular uh, emotional first aid kits and it will help people to help people I want to give one of these away after our as when we go to our first music break in a little while so 
Eve, we're going to do a couple of things here. The, the first person who responds to the post on Facebook can have one. And the first caller through on 6334011, when we go to music, not just yet, can also have one as well. This, I'm sure you'll find to be very, very helpful. And many of us do know people who battle with loneliness, depression, a lack of motivation, unanswered prayer, deep questions of life, those sorts of things that can really weigh us down. Cameron, when political leaders... Uh, come around the you know come out of parliament house they often have a, a microphone shoved in their face a tv camera shoved in their face and and they have to whether they like it or not learn how to think on their feet it's really really important that they do that i, I would i often say to people who have to do something in front of the media who are not accustomed to doing that to be, to be very careful of a, of a couple of things. Firstly, in, in conversational speech, we, we will say things that you just should not say when a TV camera is shoved in front of your face. For example, how many times do you hear people say things like, uh, this yeah nah that's right yeah nah yeah nah uh cameron here's the problem with saying yeah nah <laughs> an editor footballing term, <laughs> that's exactly right you hear footballers do this all the time do you think you'll win the game yeah nah well, the, the editor who's going to take that journalist's footage now has the opportunity to make, your, make you say whatever they want. They, they can either take your yeah or they can take your nah. Exactly. <laughs> so if the, it, but what if it was their only answer? What are they supposed to put then? They're supposed to not say yeah, nah. <laughs> Be very careful to answer questions with yes, no. Yes, no. Yes. yes, no. Don't say yes, no, because it's very, it's, it's confusing. Because is it yes or is it no? And most mm. people are just saying it like they say um or er. It's one of those things that comes out of their mouth, and they don't really have much thought behind it. So, what, there's a, there's several things that you need to be aware of. That's the first one. Don't just straight up. Don't say yes, no <laughs> to, to an answer, because especially if you're being recorded. That can get you into all kinds of trouble. Secondly, if you're representing an organisation, maybe you're representing a charity, a sporting club, a political party, uh, a business, whatever it is, and someone says, someone asks a, a question and they say something like this, you've, you know, you've got five seconds to answer this question. Reality is you cannot possibly answer that question in five seconds. You must then, and we can do this so easily today, you must have a web address that you can give. You can, you can say something like this. I've answered that question in detail, or we've got a fuller response to that question in detail, available on wayfm.org.au. Something like that. Someone might ask me a question about um, some moral issue, whether it be sex, slave, uh, the the current crisis internationally we have with sex, slave, so-called industry, which I despise that word industry being used. It almost dignifies such an abhorrent 
practice. But I can say to them, I can look them in the eye and say, look, I've actually given this some thought. And you can find my thoughts at findingtruthmatters.org. And I've actually written an article there about that issue. They might, they might. someone asked me, what, what did you think of Bill Shorten's address to the Australian Christian Lobby? And I could say, well, I actually wrote an article about my thoughts on that at, available at findingtruthmatters.org. So you have a web address ready to go. And that's thinking on your feet. You're able just to say, I've actually got a response there, findingtruthmatters.org, or if you want to hear more about that, you can go to our download section at wayfm.org.au slash download, that kind of thing. So if you're you're representing an organization, a business, a political party, or something like that, always have a web address ready to go. In fact, when you do an interview with a journalist... That journalist today will almost certainly ask, what's your web address? And if you do something like this, oh, gee, um, yeah, hang on, or oh, don't know, you're not, you, you clearly have not thought this through. <laughs> you need to be ready to go. And by the way, there, there are some businesses that have, you've, and organisations, mainly organisations, not businesses. Businesses tend to get on top of this these days. But some organisations have the most ridiculously long web addresses, and it's just just absurd. Uh, I I own about fifty, and that might be conservative, fifty different web addresses. And one of the reasons is, for example, our our church Lagana dot org. We we then have Lagana dot com, Lagana dot org dot au. We have Lagana dot net, Lagana dot tv, and so on. We have them all. But what we what we do with those is we link them back to one address. But we also realised, you know, our our church has a catch cry. It's helping make life better. That's our motto. We have hundreds of people that that verify that that is indeed their experience. That life is made better. And so it, we realized, you know, we really should have that as our web address as well. So now you can go to helpingmakelifebetter.net, helpingmakelifebetter.com, helpingmakelifebetter.org, whatever it is, and it will straight away take you to our live webcast site. The point there is you want a very easy to remember web address. So if your business has, uh, if you're if you're in a, a, a legal firm that, that has um, 12 partners in it, and that's the name of your firm, please do not have that as your web address. You know, that, that would just be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you, you might want to have something like lawyersinlaunceston.com or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> something. Something that's catchy and people can get it. And, and having it as a .com, whatever, whatever, .com or whatever, .com, the .com bit, it's so it's 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 uh, such a common thing now that that it's one of the best ways to do this. All right, I, I want to I want to count down five really big things you should do if you if you put on the spot. We're going to start with the countdown just after we go to music, Karen. But if you're the first caller through on six three three four zero one hundred, you can have this emotional first aid kit that will help you to help people who are battling in these areas. So give us a call, 63340100, or go to the YFM Facebook page and be the first one to respond to the question that's asked there. And we've got this four-CD set that we think will really help you uh, there for you as a prize. So, Karen, 
Let's Go to Music be the first call okay. through. Indeed. Thanks for joining us this morning on Way. We'll be back with this discussion, more of it, in just a moment. It's uh, 8.53 here on Way FM. Take the pressure down. Of course, the second single off John Farnham's comeback album, Whispering Jack. And I guess, Andrew, if you're involved in a question and answer uh, Q&A session, you would not uh, get up and answer a question by singing that song. Not ordinarily, Cameron. <laughs> not ordinarily. Uh, the, what I'm saying is that, you know, don't succumb to the pressure. Don't panic when you're involved in uh, thinking on your feet. Yeah, it's interesting that people who are highly trained in this arena have been trained to slow their breathing down, to calm down, make sure their heart rate doesn't get too high. They, they, it actually takes a lot of training to remain calm. And one of the things is when you're under pressure you rush and you may have heard me say this before whenever you rush it always takes longer to do something you'll always take a longer time to do something when you rush so don't rush take your time that that is a very helpful piece of advice uh, when you're under pressure so oftentimes people will put you on the spot with a claim uh, an accusation They'll, they'll want a, a response to something when in fact they, they've actually they're actually tricking you <laughs> and, and in essence this is one of the things that you have to be a little bit prepared for that <coughs> that people will uh, they'll actually make an assertion or share their opinion and and challenge you to respond to it. Now, here's here's the, the 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 problem straight away, Cameron. Most people make claims as if they were facts. You know, uh, yes. the Essendon yes. football team is the greatest football team in the universe. Um, well, I, even I wouldn't say that. Well, thank you, because <laughs> <laughs> they're that's, not. That's an assertion. That's a, a claim that. You know, someone who supports Essendon, like yourself, Cameron, might make, and it you could you know they put you on the spot. Do you agree? Well, you could say you could answer that as if you now in entered into an argument. What you're better off doing is challenging the question. So, if you want to think on your feet when you're put on the spot with a question like that. Don't just accept it as either, as as being true. Don't accept it as being not true, thereby having an argument. So you put on the spot and being put on the spot, you end up having a stoush with someone. The better thing to do is to ask for clarification. So by doing that, you're asking for their reason. Give me the reason what so why do you say that Essendon the Essendon Football Club is the greatest football club in the universe oh why do you say that so you're thinking on your feet not by giving an answer but by having your first response yeah. as a question yeah now after a while after a little bit of practice you'll probably get this wrong you know the first few times but after a little bit of practice this becomes second nature someone says something and you're listening for their reason Someone could say in in the the very modern era, the Hawthorne Football Club is the dominant football club. Now, I, I don't support 
the Hawthorne Football Club. I, 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 I was born in Geelong. I barracked yes. for Geelong all my life. I'm a member of the Geelong Football Club. I would like to think that the Geelong Football Club is. You were going to say that. I knew. I would like to think that it was coming. So, so I'm going to say, oh, why do you say that? And they could point out that they've won the last three premierships over the last four years, or whatever it is. I think it's something like that, Cameron. And I would have, and then they might say, well, what do you think? And I say, well, I think Geelong is. And I would say, how many premierships has Geelong won over the last four years? And I and I might have to concede that well yeah based on based on that criteria you're right Hawthorne has been the dominant football club but you see what's happened there I've thought yeah. on my feet by yeah. asking a question I've got clarity therefore based on that clarity how I respond becomes rather obvious I also have to be careful that if I'm going to state something uh, then then I need to make sure that I can back that up. Uh, so when when you put on the spot, ask for clarity. That's one of the first things you do. Here's another thing that happens quite often. Sometimes people's argument is actually not an argument. It's a ridicule. For example, uh, oh, you're a Christian? Well, you're an idiot for believing in a book that a bunch of men wrote about a fairy tale. Oh, now how are you going to respond? Well, firstly, don't, hang on, don't do the heavy lifting here. Someone has not offered any argument for that position. What they've done is they've offered ridicule instead. That's right. Ridicule is not argument. In philosophy terms, this is called ad hominem, which means at the man. So you play the man rather than the idea. So when you, you want to be careful when put on the spot with, oh, you're not silly enough to believe that, are you? And this, again, requires not an answer but a question. So if you want to think on your feet, don't give a response before getting clarity. Um, a book of fairy tales? What, what do you mean? What, what do you mean someone would be an idiot for believing the evidence? <laughs> you know, and and you're asking for clarity, and by doing that, you're able to think on your feet. You're also, you know, while they talk, you're you've also got you're able to collect your thoughts as well. So thinking on your feet, don't give an immediate response. Give. Give a question for clarity. We'll come back after the news, Cameron, and we'll continue this. That was well put, Andrew. Well done. Launceston's YFM, you're on the right track. It's nine o'clock. Wednesday's weather, cloudy with a slight chance of a shower this afternoon and light winds, top of 21, a shower or two clearing most likely in the morning and afternoon, 13 to 25 for Thursday there. Friday, possible morning shower, 13 to 24, and a late shower or two on Saturday, 13 to 24 degrees. Currently sitting on 16 degrees in town at the moment, not quite as muggy as the last couple of days, so we should be thankful for small mercies. We're in discussion with Dr Andrew Corbett this morning about uh, how to uh, handle thinking on your feet. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting discussion so far. Enjoying it. So we've looked at the fact that sometimes someone will make an assertion, they'll state an opinion as if it was a fact, and based on that, they put you on the spot to respond 
to what they've just said. And one of the things that you that I think it's it's really important that you are careful is to recognise that there is a difference between an assertion and an argument. An assertion is just a, a claim. It's just an opinion. It doesn't necessarily represent either a fact or the truth. So one of the things that's really important is that you get clarity. And the clarity is, what do you base that on? And then secondly, someone can put you on the spot by ridiculing you. <laughs> You're, you don't believe that, do you? Or you wouldn't be so stupid or you wouldn't be so foolish or, you know, words to that effect where the ridicule is their main strategy. They don't actually have an argument, and, and, and by argument I don't mean a, a fight, I mean a reason. I mean when someone presents their argument, they're presenting their case like a lawyer. So they're presenting a, a reason. They don't actually have a reason. Instead, they simply offer ridicule. Now, if you listen to, dare I, dare I uh, insult the word debate, but if you listen to parliamentary debate, most of the time... <laughs> It, it is in the arena of ridicule yeah, sure is. rather than reason. So, you know, my dim-witted opponents on the other side of the chamber, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, geez, I, I find that d d just disgraceful. <laughs> I just, mm. I really do not like it when parliamentarians do this sort of thing. But why do they do it? Because it sounds very effective. Most people aren't trained to think in terms of filtering it out most people take it to heart they're offended by it and off they go on this rabbit you know warren of insult rather than ignoring the red herring of ridicule and asking for the reason you know and there have been times when someone said oh you know you corbett you're an idiot for believing this uh, and, and I might say, well, let's just assume I am. So let's actually come to the belief itself. Tell me why it's wrong. Oh, you're just such an idiot. Yeah, well, we've established that. What's the reasons for why this idea is wrong? And by doing it, you're actually not doing the heavy lifting. You, you're thinking on your feet by getting the one who's put you in that position to do most of the work. So th this is, I think, something that takes a little bit of practice and by doing it, you're, you're becoming aware of, what, of what's happening. In a moment, Cameron, I want to talk about some of these. I've mentioned uh, two logical fallacies so far. Now, logical fallacies, that who uses language like this? Well, essentially, people who've studied philosophy will use this. Uh, the first one where I've said someone states an opinion or an assertion that doesn't actually have any ground to it, this is called a non sequitur. It doesn't follow. They they say this and they conclude this, but really they they haven't given any solid reason for it. So we, we've got to be you've got to be really careful when someone does that to you, and now you're you're distracted because you you think I've got to respond to their claim. No, don't respond to the claim. Challenge the claim by asking for the evidence. 
the the second one is the the ridicule thing when someone ridicules you in in argument terms or debate terms philosophy terms this is called an ad hominem they've played the man hominem means man at ad ad hominem at the man so it's really important that you, you recognize when this is happening sometimes people will say things like like this if uh, we should change the law because the law is unenforceable so for example uh, we should allow this which is currently not allowed because so many people are doing it now if you're not trained in thinking which is called philosophy you might not recognize there is a fallacy in that idea fallacy means a wrong way of thinking and it's it's the it's the fallacy that philosophers call the is ought fallacy it it goes like this just because something is doesn't mean it ought to be so for example you, you could be invited over to someone's house for dinner you turn up there and their four-year-old comes racing up to the door and kicks you in the shins as hard as he can and his parents look at you and chuckle and they go oh he does that to every guest um now what they're doing is they're saying this is the way it is and he can't help it because he just has this overpowering urge to kick any visitor as hard as he can in the shins it is what it is what those parents are doing and i i, I do hope i'm giving a, a foolish silly example please please let this be a silly example i hope this doesn't actually happen but it it i'm trying to use a silly example to show that some people will say this is what happens therefore this is what ought to happen in other words there's nothing wrong with this four-year-old's behavior because this is his overwhelming urge and when someone has an overwhelming urge it must be right this is called the is ought fallacy just because you have an urge an inclination a desire it is what it is doesn't make it right it doesn't make that the basis for this is what ought to be and we hear this sort of thing all the time Cameron someone says well I, I was born a liar oh okay it is what it is therefore you ought to just live out your your most natural pr proclivity to lie go for it no one would think that was reasonable no one would accept that that is fair or or even moral because if someone by the way most of us are born with a propensity to lie by the way just because that is what it is doesn't mean that ought to to be so we've got to be very very careful all right one of the things you can do too when someone puts you on the spot and you have to think on the spot again there's another clarity question I, I'm, I'm emphasizing this before you just launch into an answer before you do that get clarity ask a question here's another great clarity question and it's this when someone puts you on the spot simply ask this what do you mean what do you mean 
so for example uh, you, you go to church and you believe in a in a, a an invisible god in the sky who gave us a book that that no that that a bunch of men wrote about a bunch of fairy tales you're a you're a dope okay well first of all we've got a number of things happening there they've used ridicule secondly that if they're saying do you believe that uh you you could you, and you should if you're going to think on your feet ask a question so you can take a breath and let them do the heavy lifting when you say an invisible god for whom there's no evidence what do you mean well no one's ever seen this invisible god you could then ask a question is it possible to see anything invisible just see what they say is it possible that some things can be real and yet not visible just get them thinking about that because if you do think about that there is something quite profound about well i don't believe in an invisible god because i can't see him and if you think that through for a moment what is it about the word invisible and the concept of seeing that you haven't quite married up yet what is it and when we when we talk about things being real is everything that's real visible and there are plenty of people whom you know to be real right now president obama and so on and you can't physically see them does that mean they are not real it doesn't just because you can't see them doesn't mean they are not real so in other words you know i'm not saying based on that god is real or not real but i, I do want people to think through their claim and by doing that you're not doing the heavy lifting so ask someone what do you mean put put the heavy weight that they've tried to dump at your feet <laughs> back at their feet get them to answer the question Cameron let's go to music break and and as we do we, we want to give away another one of these I have a friend who struggles four CD set helping someone with loneliness depression lack of motivation and some of the questions that plague people about life and if you're the first caller through 63340100 you can have that four CD set you can be the winner and also if you go to the WayFM Facebook page You'll see there that we also are offering it there to uh, someone as well. So the first caller through six three three four zero one hundred, and you can be the winner, and you can also have an opportunity to win it by going to our Facebook page. Let's come back after this music break. Okay, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment here at YFM. The sisters Bull there, Vicar and Linda, who of course were with the Black Sorrows uh, for many years. That's one of their um, uh, performances, their recordings called Take It Easy. We're on the subject today of learning to think on your feet, not panicking, taking it easy. That's all part of uh, thinking on your feet and uh, what not to do when thinking on your feet. Dr. Andrew Corbett is giving us a countdown of, uh, of uh, the things uh, you should remember when thinking on your feet. Yeah, absolutely, Cameron. And so we've gone through several now. And let me give you number two. Before answering something that puts you on the spot, or you, you want to ask questions. You, you want to make sure that asking questions is your first response. So get clarity 
uh, have the person who's asked the question defend their question, get them to do the heavy lifting rather than you. They're putting you on the spot. So you want to make sure that that what what's actually happening here is fair and, and use questions to do that. One of the things you can do if you put on the spot and, and you genuinely put on the spot where someone has you know, raised something with you and you're just not aware of it, then questions are a great way to navigate. You can actually ask a question which betrays your ignorance. You could actually say, look, I wasn't aware of that. Could you, exp- could you explain to me what that's got to do with me or how this affects da-da-da-da-da? I haven't heard that and so by by doing that some you know someone could then come back and and not comply they they could they could respond by saying well you're supposed to know the answers to this and you could say well in this instance this is something that I'm just not aware of and I can't be you know expected to do that so please explain to me what's happened so you're actually gathering more information so gathering more information may then lead you to say okay once i've got all the facts and this is a great line once i've got all the facts i'll be able to respond in a more informed fashion so children could do this to their parents they could put their parents on the spot and you say, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before I say yes or no, who, who are these friends you're going out with? What? And so you're actually doing this. You're gathering more information. What time, where will you be going? And all, you ask all these reasonable questions. And the child might be standing there demanding an answer. And you say, hang on a minute. I need to get all these facts. And then I need to talk with your mother. And I need to, you know, I need to get more information. So information gathering is a great way to be able just to slow down a bit and not be put in a situation where you're forced into something that you, you have very little control over. I've mentioned also that sometimes people will use logical fallacies. They, they won't realise they're logical fallacies because they're not aware that what they're doing is actually faulty in 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 the thinking process we've mentioned a few of these the non sequitur they make a claim that actually doesn't they don't have any evidence for that their claim sounds true for example if two people love each other they should be allowed to get married now i i hear this all the time cameron i've been a marriage celebrant for nearly 30 years and i i do my fair share of weddings as you may be aware I also take a lot of time in preparing couples. I'm also obliged to comply with the federal law, the Commonwealth Marriage Act. I I, I sometimes point out to people when I hear this, if two people love each other, they should be allowed to get married. Right now, that sounds like that doesn't that that sounds like a statement of fact, doesn't it? But but in essence, it's an opinion. It has if you if you ask if you if you probe a little deeper you'll you'll actually help people to realize how absolutely unworkable that idea is as the foundation for the marriage act in australia and here's the reasons 
There's nothing in the Marriage Act right now, nothing, not nothing, which mentions love as the criteria for marriage. So in other words, it's as if they are saying that the basis of the Marriage Act is allowing two people who love each other to marry. Therefore, any two people who love each other should be allowed to marry. Right, here's the problem with that. Firstly, the the assumption that the Marriage Act says any uh, these two people who love each other should be able to let, should be allowed to marry. It's not actually in the Marriage Act. It's actually not there, and it can't be either. Because you imagine this: if that was in the Marriage Act, if two people love each other, they should be allowed to marry. Okay, I'm a marriage celebrant. Two people come to me and they say this: we love each other. We want to get married, and I go, well, actually, yeah, the Marriage Act does say that. If two people love each other, they've got to be allowed to get married. Well, let's just put that to the test, shall we? Um, how am I going to test that? How are they going to prove to me they passed that test? And what's it got to do with me? How? What gives me the, the ability to judge that? In fact, this is such a complex thing when, you, when you're talking in those sorts of terms. The Marriage Act just doesn't even go there because the basis of marriage, for example, is not how someone feels about someone else. That's not the basis of the Marriage Act. The basis of the Marriage Act is, is, for example, I'm just using this as an example of this, is based on five things, and they form the word grape, G-R-A-P-E. And the Marriage Act says, if you can satisfy each of these five criteria, G-R-A-P-E, grape, then you can proceed with this marriage. And in fact, the couple has to sign a, a, a stat deck. Um, in fact, they sign four documents, and one of the documents they sign just before they get married, a stat deck before the authorised marriage celebrant, that they comply with the GRAPE, the five criteria that the Marriage Act has for two people being allowed to marry. E is eligibility. Um, and you, you go through the P for personhood. In fact, the, the stat deck says, uh, I am marrying a person. Now, I know that sounds strange, but you do have some people that want to marry their car, their sporting club, their, their pet, whatever. It actually says they have to marry a person. I am a person. They have to declare that. Wasn't there somebody that actually <laughs> married themselves one day? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it gets pretty bizarre, yeah, it doesn't does, it? It gets does. really bizarre. <laughs> so they have to marry another person. The, the A stands for age. They have to be of a certain marriageable age. The R is relationship. They cannot be immediately related as either a, a sibling or a parent-child. And then G, they have to marry someone of the opposite gender. Each of those, the, the gender, relationship, age, personhood and eligibility, you can't already be married. You have to be single and free to marry, eligible. Each of those five things apply to every Australian equally and you hear some people say i think them i think marriage should be equal for everyone well it is it is those five things apply equally now this none of that is said in a hostile fashion it's not said to you know be spiteful or bitter or anything like that to to anybody but what it does is when when someone's put on the spot to defend the position they might have such as say marriage you can reasonably go through this process thinking on your feet ask questions ask questions of clarity ask questions that get them to state what they really mean 
and get, gather more information. You know, two people who really love each other should be allowed to get married. Really, what if it's a, what if it's a 40-year-old man and a three-year-old girl? I mean, hopefully people see that's absurd. Hopefully people realise that's, you know, not right and that the Marriage Act has been well thought through. It stood the test of time and it's actually there for some really good reasons that that have stood our nation uh, as the foundation of uh, marriage being the foundation of our society as well. Where marriage flourishes, families flourish. Where families flourish, communities flourish. Where communities flourish, societies flourish. Where societies flourish, a nation will flourish economically and socially as well. Okay, so when we're, when we're looking at these things, we're identifying some of these faults in people's thinking and th- this is really, really critical. So, so the last thing is don't get tricked by logical fallacies. Logical fallacies, I've mentioned several of them already. The non sequitur, where someone makes a claim or assertion without any basis of fact or truth. The ad hominem, that, that is, they're attacking the man, uh, the idea, which is ridicule rather than presenting an idea. <clears throat> and the is ought fallacy, the idea that some, the way something is justifies that it ought to be that way. And that, again, can easily be shown to not be the case. Just because something is doesn't mean we should accept that that's the way it ought to be. There's a couple more. One of them is the straw man argument. In other words, uh, oh, you, you you are a Christian. Oh, I know what Christians are like. Christians are this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever, fill in the blanks. And uh, rather than attacking your ideas or addressing your ideas or even you, they're addressing this concept they've got, which may bear no resemblance to you. And... That's called the straw man argument. And then the last one is the law of non-contradiction. It means this, that oftentimes people will make a claim that the claim itself cancels out the claim. How about this one, Cameron? I cannot speak one word of English. You see that claim? Yeah. One word, one <laughs> word of English. <laughs> you, you okay. Notice, that claim is said in English. Yes. The, the claim itself is, is de- it defeats itself. It contradicts itself. So there is a law called the law of non-contradiction. If something contradicts itself, it, it invalidates its claim. So, for example, the only things that can be proven to be absolutely true are those things which can be proven scientifically and mathematically. Well, have a think about that claim. Mm-hmm. Is that a mathematical claim? Not really, no. Well, not not even not really. It's there's no maths in it at all, Cameron. So no, let's no, follow. True, yeah. Let's think it through again. The only claims that can be shown to be true are those claims that can be proven to be true mathematically or scientifically. You see, that statement cannot be proven to be true mathematically or scientifically. Therefore, based on the its own reasoning, that claim is false. It contradicts itself. So you have to be careful when you're put on the spot to think on the spot that someone actually hasn't tricked you into responding to something that that actually isn't foundationally 
true. So if you if you hear if you hear me say anything this morning about being put on the spot and what to do, please hear this. Rather than give an instant response, ask a question. Give yourself a moment to gather your thoughts as the person who's put you on the spot has to do a little bit more heavy lifting than simply dump something on you. If you're representing an organization, a business, or, or whatever, always have a very simple web address ready to go to be able to give to someone so they can get more information. Cameron, these are some things I hope will help people to think on their feet a bit and to think even a little bit more clearly. We'll be back next week. I just want to remind our listeners uh, that we uh, really value their support. There'll be a newsletter coming out in the next couple of weeks telling everyone about not only what WayFM has been doing, but what we uh, have plans to do, especially around Easter. We're getting right behind the Launceston Easter Community Festival. You can find out more information at launceston.org.au. We've got Ken Duncan, the photographer, coming down. There's going to be a photographic competition there as well. We've got uh, looks like we've got Professor Fred Watson, who is the chief astronomer of the Anglo-Australian Observatory, coming down. This will be a pretty big deal. And we've also got Professor Tim McCormack, who's the University of Melbourne Professor of Law. He'll be coming down. This will be a Good Friday night event at the Albert Hall. We're hoping to fill the Albert Hall again. It'll be just a, a, a world-class event, Good Friday night at the Albert Hall. But if you're able to help YFM this time, we'd really appreciate that. yfm.org.au slash donate or give us a call at the station and we would just really value your support at this time. And I'll be back next week, Cameron. Rightio. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Dr. Andrew Corbett. hope you enjoyed that. And our, uh, this uh, message will be uh, uploaded onto our website shortly for, your, for you to do download. 9.35, here come the news headlines now.